Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie, to see the amazing 221 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. WhatsApp and text lines are open. 086-1800-658 if you'd like to get in touch. Let's kick things off with a classic from Survivor. There's Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Message coming in on 086-1800-658 from Samantha. She's in the Iron Paradise as The Rock likes to call it, The Gym. And she says, that's just the song to kickstart my workout. Fair play to you. Keep it, keep her lit there. And I will promise to get you a little bit fired up with some more tunes towards the uh, trade the show. You are listening to 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. And that song kind of ties in nicely with what I want to mention this morning because, my God, I can't believe it's this Saturday, Katie Taylor's showdown with Amanda Serrano at Madison Square Garden. And people are saying... This is going to blow the doors off women's boxing and boxing in general, they're saying. And I watched this. It was this. It was on Twitter this morning. It's on Matrium Boxing's feed. And it's just like, you know, the hairs in the back of your neck sort of stuff. I'm going to give you a little taster of this. This is uh, Katie Taylor and preparing for the absolute uh, uh, match of her, her career uh, this weekend. Here's a little taster of it. <laughs> Women's boxing right now, I would say, is probably the fastest growing sport at the moment. From when I started boxing as a 10-year-old to where it is right now, the progression has been incredible. It's so strong. It's a huge part of the sport of boxing overall. And I think some of the household names we see right now are actually female fighters, and that says it all. Fights like myself and Amanda, that is a fight that people are just talking about pure boxing, for example. I don't see many quotes about women's boxing, it is just a great boxing match. I hope that I can be an inspiration to the next generation and I hope that I can set a good example for these young girls coming up after me and 
I want them to see me as someone who just faced every challenge that was ahead of me, who broke boundaries, who just knocked down every obstacle that was, that was before me. Oh, I think people are definitely going to see that. It really is. And, you know, what's amazing is, you know, this the, the drive that Katie obviously has. And, and she mentions in this piece that, you know, the most important about, thing about this fight for her is the legacy that it's going to leave. That is a testament to the character and the person that Katie Taylor is. It's amazing. It's amazing, the little video. And you see her, what she's doing in terms of her regime. Oh my God. Oh my God. It really is uh, amazing. It's going to be edge of the seat stuff at the weekend and oh, here's hoping she can do it. But as she says, you know, there herself in the clip, it's it's about, you know, putting, putting you know, inspiring the next generation and putting women's boxing on the map. And she said, it's not even just about talking about, you know, men's boxing and women's boxing anymore. It's just boxing. And that's kind of where she has brought the sport to. She's been a huge part of that. And um, the great local link to Katie Taylor that we have here is Deirdre Gogarty and I know I mentioned this on the show before and we spoke to Kieran MacGyver who is instrumental in terms of you know reminding us and uh, giving us a kind of a rejuvenation of Deirdre's character and her incredible career because this woman was Ireland's first champion female boxer she blazed the trail for women's boxing in Ireland um, and, and abroad and I'm ashamed to say I knew absolutely nothing about her until very very recently and this woman is from Drogheda. She is the woman who inspired Katie Taylor. And in fact, the two shared a correspondence when Katie was just 10. Katie was looking up to Deirdre. And um, it's down to Kieran and, and you know, uh, him kind of, I suppose, telling me about her and, you know, telling me how important it is to, to remember her. And in fact... I am working on something pretty cool. Uh, I'm honoured. I, I don't know why they asked me. I, I'm, I'm probably the weakest link on this committee. But there is a committee that has been drawn up uh, to have a statue of Deirdre Gogarty erected in the town. Now look, it's very much the early stages of this and it's going to be a long work in progress. But we had the first meeting uh, and I will keep you updated on it. There's some brilliant people on this committee, people that can get things done. And here's hoping we will in the future have a statue to Deirdre. So I'm part of this committee um, that's going to be doing this. And, you know, over the next little while, we will have fundraisers I'll be telling you about. And uh, we'll be keeping you updated on the progress. But this is the lady that inspired Katie. She's from Drogheda. My God, it's only about time that we honoured her. So as I say, I'll keep you updated on that as we go along. Now back to the music, here's James Arthur. James Arthur, say you won't let go on LMFM's 11 to 1. On a Thursday, on this show, we talk about telly. We talk about good telly because we can't be wasting time, you know, flicking around with, uh, with remote controls. You know what I mean? We've got too many streaming options as well. There's too much choice out there. So I've whittled the choice down to just three TV recommendations for you. That's coming your way after these. 11 to 1. Very shortly we're talking telly and just to whet the appetite coming up two comedians challenge a strong man a bling ring is exposed and what's really going on behind the scenes of a big all-American brand that's all coming up in my TV recommendations back to the music now here's George Ezra it's a feel-good song George Ezra anyone for you on LMFM's 11 to 1 
Now, it's all about telly and today is my top three on the tube. What have I got for you? Well, uh, this, I remember watching the movie of this back, I think it was 2013. It was all centred around the Bling Ring and uh, this new series, it's a kind of a three-part documentary series. It's called Bling Ring Hollywood Heist. It's a true crime docuseries about the gang of Calabasas teens who burgled the homes of Paris Hilton, Orlando Bloom and other stars. You might recall that. It was uh, between the years 2008-2009 and uh, the movie was in 2013. But this is kind of going back to the actual people. So you've got uh, interviews with two of the Bling Ring members, Nick Prugo and Alexis Nears. And... um, she was 18 when she was arrested for her part in the Bling Ring crimes and uh, at the time she was actually in her own reality TV show. This was kind of prior to the burglaries um, but I remember watching these stories unfolding at the time and just being sort of baffled by it and also the, the film with Emma Watson in it is very good. I've watched the first part of this and all I can say is your man Nick uh, Prugo is just um, he's more in focus in the first episode and he just seems so self-entitled like he says things like Paris Hilton had all this cash just you know in her bag and it was like changed to her after a night out and he just justified himself just taking it you know what I mean and uh, you know look don't get me wrong Paris Hilton the Kardashians people like this like they flaunt their wealth all around the place and they do have more than enough and all of that that does not mean that you can just go into their house and rob them and this is kind of what these guys are trying to Justify. So from part one, I already kind of wanted to give your man Nick a slap in the face. He was like a, you know, a pup. He's a real pup now, you know, that kind of a self-entitled character. But anyway, um, it is intriguing. It is good viewing. And, uh, you know, you're, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen next with Alexis because she seems like to be a bit more kind of remorseful and a bit more kind of a rounded character than this Nick guy. But anyway, it's on Channel 4. It started on Monday. It's on Channel 4 at 10 and it continues each Monday, but you can get it on all four. All four, by the way, is a fantastic streaming service as well. All for free. You can catch up on stuff. You can watch live TV as well. They've loads of box sets on there as well. Really, really good. So that's on the box sets at the moment. Now this I love. I love these two. It is Robin Romesh versus and this series I think it must be in their their second or third series at this stage but it's brilliant. It's on Sky Max at 9pm uh, tonight but it's Romesh and Rob they are just great friends and comedians uh, they bicker they laugh they poke fun at each other they grumble at each other and it's really great viewing and they take on different challenges so I've seen them so far take on things like ballet cricket they've walked in a catwalk show all sorts of stuff and it's, it makes her great you know so off your brain have a laugh TV so tonight this pair of mighty physical specimens tackle a strongman contest <laughs> and they visit Iceland to train with the former former world's strongest man there and no doubt it's going to be absolutely hilarious so that's on Sky Max at 9pm tonight now another one for you my final one this is on streaming at the moment and this is really intriguing it's called White Hot The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch it's a new Netflix documentary it's fairly explosive on the brand and essentially it's narrating what was going on behind the scenes at this company whilst we were all being too distracted by the good looking people that they had in the shops here's a little taster of the trailer White Hot The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch you know that you're getting close when you're hit with the smell of Abercrombie. The nightclub beats and bare-chested guys. It was such a pop culture phenomenon. It was an all-American look. And I considered myself an all-American girl. <laughs> oh, make me over. Abercrombie and Fitch said, we go after the cool kids. 
If they didn't look a certain way, they didn't belong in our clothing. Are we exclusionary? This is where things get explosive in this. So basically, white and hot. This was the requirement for you to be an Amber Crombie model. Uh, the documentary provides insight into the twisted mind of uh, the former CEO, Mike Jeffries, who would visit stores in what was known as the Blitz. So he'd pick apart his employees who could get fired the very next day because of something like there being too many non-whites in the store. Yes, this is what I'm talking about in terms of explosive. Really eye-opening, highly recommended if you're in your documentaries you'll absolutely love it it's on Netflix at the moment and that's my top three on the tube of course love to love you on LMFM's 11 to 1 now we're sticking with TV and with the price of living on the rise in this country it's timely that a new series examining the cost of everything from transport to food energy to education it has started on RTE 1 we're going to be chatting to Connor Pope he's the Irish Times Consumer Affairs correspondent he's also presenting this show it's called The Price of Everything it's on on Thursday night's RTE One, we're going to catch up with Connor just after these. 11 to 1. With the price of living on the rise in this country, it's timely that a series examining the cost of everything from transport to food, energy to education has started on RTE One. The price of everything focuses on how the cost of basic necessities in Ireland is rising way beyond our expectation. However, with some expert advice, the show will help us navigate and budget. This week, the price of everything is focusing on huge issue in the country, the rise in energy costs. Joining me now to tell us more about the series and what to expect from tonight's episode is one half of the presenting team, Irish Times Consumers Affairs correspondent, Connor Pope. How are you doing, Connor? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. No better time to have a series like this, Connor, because I've noticed even for myself personally, like even say since Christmas, you know, things creeping up, the shopping is creeping up, the fuel, of course, as well. And, you know, where I used to have a little bit left over at the end of the month, I'm looking going, where is that gone? So it's quite timely that this has come about. Yeah, no, it couldn't be more timely. In fact, we're living through a price spiral that we haven't seen in Ireland since the 1980s. It's really that bad. And when you talk about it in percentage terms, it's easy to forget what those percentages mean to people. But the reality is that when you just take three things, energy, fuel for your car and food combined, most Irish homes will be worse off by more than €2,000 over the course of the next 12 months. And that's €2,000 after tax, which means Irish homes will have to earn around four grand just to stay in exactly the same financial position at the end of December this year as they were at the end of December last year. Now, that's ridiculous for most Mm. people. I mean, and when you talk about it, the, the terrible thing is it disproportionately impacts poorer people yeah. And people on lower incomes. Because if I'm earning five hundred thousand euros a year and I'm told that I'm gonna lose four grand of my of my income, I'd be fine. It's not gonna make a blind bit of difference to me. In fairness, if I'm earning a hundred grand and I'm told I lose four thousand euros, I'll be fine. But if I'm earning twenty or thirty or forty thousand euros and I'm losing ten percent of my income, that's a whole different ballgame. And that's why the inflationary spiral that we're in now disproportionately impacts poor people. And it's because it's also why the programme I believe is so relevant because as you said, tonight we're focusing on energy and energy is one of those areas where we've seen terrible, terrible price increases. And if you talk to anybody, any of your listeners, they're probably going to end up, if they don't do stuff, if they don't take action today, and an awful lot of us don't take action, but people could end up paying more than a thousand euros to heat, light uh, and cook in an average sized home over the next 12 months compared to the past 12 months. And that's just terrible. Now, what the, what the, what the companies say, and they have 
a legitimate argument to make here because it's not like they're just upping their prices because they fancy it. The reality is that we're living through desperately uncertain times and we're in a price, we're in an inflationary period pre-February the uh, 24th this Mm. year because we had just come out of the pandemic and there was a higher demand for fossil fuels all over the world and higher demand always leads to higher prices. But then Russia invaded Ukraine and suddenly things got much, much worse. Now, I think it's always important to, ke- to, to, to make, make it clear that, like for us in Ireland, things are bad. For the people yeah. of Ukraine, things are a million times worse. And it you know, can sometimes seem a little bit churlish to be going, oh God, I'm going to have to pay an extra 20 cents for my bread this week when people can't buy bread because they can't leave their homes because they're afraid they'll be I, killed. I know, and so, it's all about perspective, isn't it? Absolutely. And, course, and, and about dealing with stuff that's happening on your own doorstep. Now, one of the things that you mentioned there, and I, I totally agree with you as well, uh, in terms of this energy situation, Situation. We got to do the work, Connor. We don't want to do it, do we? We don't want to pick up the phone. We don't want to kind of go around and look for price comparisons. Now, I am in that, that, that annoying person that will actually do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm no, the person absolutely. in my house that will pick up the phone and go, right, what can you offer? What can you offer? What can you offer? Go back to my original provider and kind of say, look, it, I'm going to go here if you don't. And in fairness, nine times out of ten, I'm fairly successful and I've been kind of with the one provider for a while, kind of on a budget plan situation that I'm on at the minute which is is fine is this what you're telling people you got to pick up the phone you got to do the work Oh, absolutely. But you know what? It's, it's actually not as hard as even you make it out to be. And I appreciate that you're, you're very diligent and you're, and you're making the calls. The vast majority of Irish people don't do that. In fact, well over 60% of people just never switch their energy provider. Now, those people are wasting hundreds, if not thousands of euros every couple of years because they're not making that move. And the reality is when it comes to switching energy provider, it couldn't be simpler. I mean, it's not even as complicated as switching your broadband provider because or are switching the brand of cornflakes that you like. Because the reality is that the gas and the energy, energy uh, the gas and the electricity that you get into your home is exactly the same. Exactly yep. the same from provider A and provider C and provider B and provider D. It, there's no difference. And there's also no um, problem with continuity of supply. So when you say, I'm moving from company A to company B, they do all the work. You don't have to do anything and you will be guaranteed your supply because that's part of their that's part of the rules under which they do business. So you talk about making the calls, and, that's, and, that, and a lot of people will do that. There's an even easier way to do it. There are two really good price comparison and switching websites on the market in Ireland, and I have no connection to either of them. I want yeah. to stress that, but there's bonkers.ie and there's switcher.ie. Now, any one of your uh, listeners can go onto those sites, key in uh, a few details about, you know, how much energy, you know, what the, you know, where they live, yeah. what provider they're on, what, what kind of package they're on, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's like all drop-down boxes. So you don't need to know anything to do it. And, and they will come back with an alternative provider and they will outline how much money you can save by switching from company A to company oh, B. And I, really did, yeah. I did this a couple of weeks back just because I hadn't changed provider for maybe 18 months. Yeah. And the way the business works is you, you tend to get a discount for the first year that you're with a company. Oh yeah, they, this is move, how they tracked you in, you see, yeah. Yeah, and then you move up to what's known as the standard unit rate of energy. So the standard unit rate is always much higher than the discounted rate. Um, and what companies hope is that you'll move uh, and then after a year they jack up the prices to the standard rate and you continue to pay at the standard rate. And that's how they do business and I have no problem with that. But because I hadn't switched for a long time, I was able to save more than a thousand euros Nice. my annual energy bills by moving from one company to another company. And, you know, that's a, that's a thousand euros into my pocket. Yeah. It's the guts of a hundred euros a month yeah. uh, that I, no, I now have as a result of making that switch. And more than 50% of your listeners won't have made that switch and they will have that 
they will be able to make those savings um, by doing by, by by making the switch. And that's why that's the most important thing when it comes to energy. And then there's other things about how you can, you know, retrofit your home, which is obviously a big topic at the moment. Well, retrofit. this is the thing, you know, like it, it does that cost a lot of money, though, in the long run, Connor, but, uh, or is it saving you? What's your views on that aspect of it? Well, it just, I, I, I understand what people say, but the weird thing about retrofitting your home is that we, and I include myself in this, are obsessed with whether or not we get our money back yeah. in the long run. And that's actually the question you asked. But if I was to ask, if you, if you were to do up your kitchen, or if you were to do up your garden, or if you were to get a painter in to paint the walls of your house, you'd never say, when will I get the money back for that? <laughs> when will I get the money back for the new bathroom I have? Because what you're, what you're doing is, you're, you're saying, I, have an, I now have an improved quality of life. Yes. And that is what I'm paying for. And that's, in many ways, what the narrative around retrofitting should be. It's, it's not just... And you will get money back. Because yeah. if, you put, if you move from a D-rated home to a B-rated home, you might see your energy bills falling by about eight or €900 Euros a year. Plus and you're adding going, value to your house as well. You know, plus that, you're adding yeah. a significant value to your house. But you're also improving the quality of your life because you're not sitting there going, Jesus, I'm freezing cold. Oh my God, I don't want to go up to bed because the bedroom's cold. You know, all of these different things that you're not doing. But I know, but you see, Connor, the new kitchen now, compare the new kitchen to the likes of retrofit in the house. I mean, I can like bask in a new kitchen. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what? You, you'll get about a week's enjoyment of basking in your new kitchen. And then your new kitchen moves from being this swanky thing that you saw in the showroom being covered in yeah, baby food, yeah. cereal or milk or all of that stuff. And it stops being the new thing, right? But the, the energy saving and the, the warmth of your home will never stop. Now, there was a study done about a house in Wexford, uh, yeah. a housing estate in Wexford a couple of years back. And they, everyone went from living in these freezing cold houses where they had to go to bed at four o'clock in the afternoon because they couldn't keep warm to suddenly being able to have the temperature at a steady 23, 24 degrees all the way through the winter and it was saving them money and it increased the value of their house by 15%. Now, the bottom line here is, of course, the bottom line. And a lot of people, if they were to retrofit their home from D to B, they would probably need to spend... €25,000 of their money. Yeah. A lot of people, myself included, don't, don't have, have €25,000 yeah. lo- lo- lounging in my bank account so I can go, oh, I'll just spend that. <laughs> and so there is an issue there. It does need to be funded. It needs to be funded by state-backed low-interest loans that people will be able to access. We don't have that yet, but that's one route that we need to go down. And of course, the government has this wildly ambitious plan to retrofit half a million yeah. homes by 2030. And we don't know who's going to retrofit them because you can't get a builder in to do the tiling in your bathroom. No. Never mind retrofit. No, house. you can't. <laughs> They're out the door. They're out the door. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, just before we, we finish up, because I know tonight you do focus in on a on a, on a particular household um, in, in the episode tonight that have kind of, there's, there's something going to happen in their immediate future. Can you give us a little insight into that part of it? Well, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, what I would say to your, to, to your listeners who watch the programme, and then you'll get, you get it, but there is, there is uh, Santos O'Gara, who's my co-presenter, spent a lot of time with individuals looking at what ways they can improve the quality of their lives whilst saving money at the same time. And isn't that really the aim we should all be looking for every single yeah. to have a better quality of life that costs us less? Because if we do that, we're kind of winning at life. What I don't want is for people to have to sit at home in the cold and dark in their houses, mm. saving money, but being miserable. Because I think our, we only get one life and we should be doing whatever we can to enjoy it as, in so far as we possibly can, while also saving a few bob at the same time. But Absolutely. the program's on at seven o'clock tonight. 
I think everyone needs to watch it to find out what you were talking about just there and um, we'll, well, and hopefully they'll uh, get some value from it. Oh, they definitely will, Connor. Listen, thank you so, so much for joining me on the show today. No problem at all. Thanks Mind a million. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye. Connor Pope there. Really interesting programme uh, happening tonight, 7pm RTE1, The Price of Everything. 11 to 1. Time to go back in time now to 1989 and a fatwa against Salman Rushdie. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Yes, on this day in 1989, Iran protests the sale of satanic verses by author Salman Rushdie. It was his fourth novel and most controversial for what was seen across the Islamic world as a reverend depiction of the Prophet Muhammad. So there was a fatwa against Rushdie and a bounty was offered for his execution and as a result the author was placed under police protection for a number of years. And today is National Superhero Day but instead of Superman and Batman this day is to honour our real life superheroes. So this day got its start in 1995 when Marvel comic employees went out into the world to ask kids what superpowers they would like. The results surprisingly revealed that these kids ended up talking more about superheroes in their own lives and how they looked more like a normal person. So National Superhero Day reminds us that most of the time superheroes are just everyday people. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie There's the four of us with Mary. News at 12 is approaching, but still to come. A birthday party for a young boy in the UK causes a dilemma for his dad. We'll have our vets uh, talking about ticks in dogs. And I hear from members of Navin Arch Club ahead of the Special Olympics Collection Day. That's all to come. 11 to 1. There's Sam Smith, I'm not the only one on LMFM's 11 to 1, Sinead Brazel here with you and there's a dilemma. Yes, a birthday party has caused a dilemma in the UK. Spotted this story, well actually my lovely colleague Louise spotted this story and I had to chat about it on the show today. It's my party and I cry if I want to. Yeah. Okay, you know when your children are small uh, like say my little fella now he'll be turning six and I'll be going through a little bit of this dilemma as well it's their first one isn't it you know at school with inviting school friends and all that and you have this dilemma how many kids in the class am I going to invite do you know what I mean how do I navigate round this as well because you know you don't want other kids maybe to feel left out or whatever so what happened was in the UK this has happened a fuming man has shared his recent ordeal with his six year old son's teacher she tried to force him to invite uh, 24 kids uh, along with their parents to his son's upcoming birthday party. And he's asking, you know, like, he of course goes to Reddit, in that lovely online forum, to rant about this. So he says the teacher called him up saying that she's aware that he's only invited a few kids who are his son's friends from the class and not all the children. The dad explains that, you know, obviously they can't host 24 children and also he doesn't get on with everybody in the class, you know. Uh, This doesn't go down well with the teacher. She informed him about a rule they have in their class. She said uh, that there's a rule in the class all kids are to be invited or none at all, basically, is the rule. Uh, she says the rule, the reason for this is that kids get their feelings hurt if they get left out. <laughs> 
24 children running around a, par- a birthday party. No, not happening. Not on your life. I don't care if they feel left out. Right? This is part of it too. I remember when I was younger and you'd see people getting invited to parties and you maybe wouldn't be invited. And that was it. You didn't kind of make too much of a fuss over it. You kind of got over it, didn't you? This is part of this as well. You kids have to learn too that like, okay, you're not invited. So what? Who cares? You know? But wondering what you think about this because... In fairness, it is a bit of a dilemma. You know, how many in the class do you invite? You know, how do you get around this kind of issue of making sure that people don't kind of get too upset about it? At the end of the day, they are only five, you know what I mean, and six. So wondering what your thoughts are on this. Also, if there happens to be any teachers on a break listening, do let me know your policy around all this, you know. I think 24 kids in a classroom invited to a birthday party is pretty ludicrous, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, What are your thoughts? How do you navigate around this? 086 1800 658 The Buzz on LMFM with the Crown Plaza Dundalk featuring Ireland's tallest work of art rooftop restaurant bistro bar and conference rooms wedding and banqueting for up to 400 people The thecrownplazadundalk.ie has it all Hi I'm Louise Turning Red is out on Blu-ray and Disney Plus the coming of age animation star Sandra Oh she says it's about accepting who you are the inspiration uh, for the movie is kind of that moment in time that we'd all probably like to forget um, which is that um, 13, 14 year old puberty kind of middle school moment um, that as much as we want to forget it that has kind of left indelible marks on all of us the Batman is officially getting a sequel with Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz and the director Matt Reeves returning. The movie was released in March and made over $750 million at the global box office. Megan Fox has opened up about supporting her son when it comes to wearing dresses and expressing himself. She says he's got an eye for style, but it can be hard sometimes when kids still don't get that it's okay for boys and girls alike to wear whatever they want. I sent him to a really liberal, like, hippie school, but even... Even there, here in California, he still has little boys going like, boys don't wear dresses or boys don't wear pink. And so we're going through that now where I'm trying to teach him to be confident no matter what anyone else says. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. (laughs) The Buzz on LMFM. With the Crown Plaza Dundalk. Featuring Ireland's tallest work of art. Rooftop restaurant, bistro bar and conference rooms. Wedding and banqueting for up to 400 people. The Crown Plaza Dundalk.ie has it all. Some of you getting in touch with me about the birthday party dilemma. What do you do when your kid is five or six and, you know, there's a birthday party coming up? You want some friends from the class to go along. Not all of them. Not 20 odd children. No, no. So what do you do? And uh, our story from the UK, you know, this idea that the teacher has a policy that, um, you know, you either invite, you know, all of them or none of them. What do you make of that? 086 1800 658. You're just like my favorite song. There's Callum Scott. Where are you now? On LMFM's 11 to 1. Lots of you getting in touch on this birthday party qu- uh, question that I'm throwing out there. Definitely going to get back to them uh, very, very shortly. But first, it's time for Vets and Their Pets. Mm-hmm. 
the LMFM Vets and their Pet Series. Brought to you by Highfield Veterinary Navin. Watch out for their new state-of-the-art pet hospital. Opening soon in Beachmount Home Park Navin. For appointments, call 046 9022 It's time to return to our regular Vets and their Pet Series in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic in Beachmount Home Park in Navin. And I'm delighted to have Vet Hazel Mullins on the line. This week we are discussing ticks, which can be most fam- commonly found in dogs. How are you doing, Hazel? I'm great, Sinead. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, I have to admit, I do hate anything creepy-crawly related when it comes uh, to pet care. Apologies to your <laughs> listeners now as well for this topic, but it is a very important topic to, to cover, especially at this time of year. So, um, yeah, they are they are a little bit, not the nicest things to be finding on your on your pets, especially, your, I suppose, the most common pet that we would see see the tick on, see a tick on is, is a dog, um, especially because Look, a dog's lifestyle is usually, you know, going for walks and in the grass or if you have a dog in a run as well, an outdoor run, they can be more susceptible to picking up these ticks. Um, so ticks, they're an external parasite. They like to suck blood. They have different stages. So they have like a larval stage, a nymph stage, and then they have a, an adult tick stage. And in order for them to actually mature and molt into these different stages and also produce eggs, they have to have a blood meal. So that's why they have to, to attach onto a mammal, even ourselves, um, a dog, a rabbit, um, even insects, small insects. They can attach on and they have to have a blood meal for their life cycle to continue. So without us mammals, they don't exist. So they're, um, they are a real parasite. Um, yeah. yeah, they sound lovely. Now, is, is, is a tick the same as a flea? Is that completely different? Um, so the, I... I Thinking back to my uni days, um, and I think that they're slightly different because a tick is um, has eight legs. So I think it's like an arthropod, I think is what they call them. But gen- they are, you know, they're both parasites. They're yeah. both external parasites of, of pets, but they're just slightly different in their, in their makeup. So not all drugs that kill fleas will kill ticks. So oh, that's really, really important. important yeah. That when you are going to your vet that you want tick cover and making sure that the product you're getting is covering both ticks and fleas. Okay. And yeah. how would we know if there was a tick problem? Is it the same kind of thing as the fleas, the scratching behind the ears, that kind of thing? Do you know, not particularly. Um, a lot of the time they're on the dog and you mightn't, they mightn't take any notice because they're... I, some dogs will react more to them than other dogs, but some dogs could have three or four ticks on them and you'd never know because they, they might only be on the dog for maybe 24 or 48 hours um, and taking that blood meal. But the problem is if a lot of ticks attach onto a dog, they can become quite anemic because their blood has been has been sucked. And also they're also, you know, adding to the life cycle. So the the more ticks that are are, are you know, feeding from the dog, the more ticks that are only laying eggs and the more ticks in the environment. So they need each other to, you know, like a tick needs needs the dog to survive. So if we can if we can, you know, kill the tick while it's on the dog, it's stopping that that cycle. And one thing we have to, you know, a lot of people might be aware there's a big, you know, campaign um, at the moment for you know Lyme's disease awareness in humans yes, of course, dogs yeah. can also get Lyme's disease oh. from the same tick that would bite us it's the same tick that would bite the dog so you know uh, areas look you know if we were down in Kerry now in the Killarney Park or in the Wicklow Hills you know a lot of where there's, there's deer and the deer carry Lyme's disease and that you know spread from the ticks 
like there's, there's certain areas of the country that are higher for Lyme's disease but okay. look any tick could be carrying Lyme's disease so it is very important to be preventing them attaching to your dog and um, look it's not the most common thing in, in dogs and it's very it's a very vague disease as well mm. it's, you know you get this, this high temperature of unknown origin lethargy um, they get quite swollen joints stiffness arthritis I myself has I, I can't say that I've ever diagnosed it in a dog um, but maybe I have seen it and I, I might have missed it. I don't know because if anyone knows, a hum, you know, like a, a person that got Lyme's disease, sometimes it can be misdiagnosed for, for a while before it's actually diagnosed. And it's, it's a, it is a very serious disease. So, look, if we prevent these yes. ticks attaching to our dogs, then we're preventing um, all of these things occurring. OK, that's really mm-hmm. interesting because I thought it would be, as you say, kind of obvious that you'd notice, but that's more the flea maybe that I'm confusing. Yeah, they're so, a lot more itchy. Yeah. yeah. And, but you would notice if you were, you say, uh, if you were rubbing your dog, mm. generally they're they're quite big. So you might think, you might mistake it actually for a pimple or a mole or something like that. You're like, oh, that's new. And then actually when you take a closer look, you'll see it's a tick and you can see the head burrowing into the skin. I know, I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) And um, So basically that's where the mouthpiece, they attach on and that's where they suck the blood. And that that head is really important that if you are looking to remove them, that you either look, if you're not comfortable with trying to remove the head, you have to remove the head because if you you leave that, it can cause, you know, a severe irritation, infection, abscesses in the dog. So that's, um, the most important thing to remove it. So, look, if you're not comfortable with it, us vets, we're, we're um, you know, dad hands at um, removing ticks. And we have, you can actually get a little tick remover. It looks like tweezers. Um, they're usually green in colour and they're quite handy if, if it is something that, you know, if you're doing a lot of hill walking, if you're doing a lot of hikes. Mm. Um, but look, the best thing is to have your dog, you know, um, a long, a long lasting prevention in your dog, like, that you've given your dog a treatment but sometimes they you know they might they might um jump on and you know before they get killed you might see them um before the drug starts working okay. and um but so for Lyme disease I think they generally have to be feeding for 24 hours or 48 hours for the actual um you know disease to pass mm-hmm. on so it it's important so that the if the dog is protected by a tablet that they've you know been given or a spot on then they will die less than 24 hours. So that's how that's that cycle is stopped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as we, we say, and as you've rightly mentioned there, prevention is definitely the best approach. So mm. you mentioned a couple of things there. How, how often should they be um, given the, the dose for preventing ticks? That's the first thing. Exactly. So there used to be a very defined tick season. It kind of was from April um, to maybe late late autumn. But because... I think the world is warming up. Yeah. Um, you never know what kind of weather is going to be. To be honest, it's now a year round. Like I treat my dogs at home year round for ticks. And we have been seeing actually in the practice a few more dogs coming in lately with the ticks. So they're definitely, this month has definitely been, um, been you know, it's, it's the weather has been, it's been warm. Mm. Uh, March was very warm as well. So they love, um, they love like long grass, lots of herbage. Like that's why, you know, I suppose mountainous areas would be kind of more associated with them, but actually they can be they can be in any kind of place that has a nice coverage of of grass and and they like they don't like real real heat. 
they but they do like a little bit of moisture. So Ireland is perfect, oh, really, yeah. for we're, just, we're encouraging for the, the environment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's there's different ob- options. So again, there's there's spot ons, there's tablets that last a month, there's tablets that last three months. Um, you know, if you're a person that forgets maybe to go in, yeah. uh, or you know, maybe the three month tablet might be a good idea. If you're if you're doing a lot of hiking, or if you've outdoor dogs in runs, perhaps the three month tablet is a good idea because at least you don't have to think about it every month. Um, but generally, yeah, they've, there's a great selection, and they're, the drugs are really really good um, for preventing uh, ticks and. Um, it's it's brilliant because if they didn't have them, it would we would be plagued by them. Yeah. Oh God, you'd be there with your tweezers the, the yeah, whole time. Yeah, they're not nice. No no, no. 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 Well, Hazel, as always, thank you so so much for giving us all of that great advice. No bother at all, Shane. Hazel Mullins, she's back with us next week. Highfield.ie for more information. If you want to ask a question uh, to our vets, you can get in touch with us 086-1800-658 or info at lmfm.ie. Questions like this from Liam uh, are also accepted. He says, I had a dog with ticks. He swallowed me watch. No tox, just ticks. Very strange. But he was regularly going to the dog... (laughs) going to doggy business thank you Liam it's the kind of content that I appreciate but you know if you have a genuine question about your pet info at lmfm.ie 11 to 1 so getting back to our dilemma earlier on I mentioned that a man in the UK took to Reddit to give out because the teacher in his son's class had kind of basically said listen you can't invite just some kids to the child's birthday party you have to either invite the whole class or none at all and you're getting in touch with me on you know your feelings on this and how do you kind of navigate this situation when your child is kind of you know that five six age and they're having their first birthday party and they want to invite school pals but you don't want all of them arriving in the top of you like Liam Kerr he says I once had 28 girls at my daughter's 8th birthday party I managed on my own no bother but two bottles of wine that night helped oh my god Liam 28 girls aged 8 causing havoc oh my god um Somebody is saying, Sinead, that rule doesn't just apply in England. 12 to 13 miles from Drada in a country school, it's all the children or none. That is really intriguing. I did not realise that that was happening. Is this happening in schools that you're aware of in the local area where they're saying, listen, either invite the whole class or none at all? Like, that's a bit crazy to me. Like, surely be to God, you should be entitled to invite who you want to your own house or wherever you are hosting the party. You shouldn't have anything to do with the school, I would say. Perhaps I'm wrong in this. Somebody else saying, Sinead, I can see what the teacher meant. I know it's too much for one person to host, but many children will bounce back and get over things. Some children who might have little issues or struggles are nearly always left out and the effect on them is greater and can isolate them more. You see, I do see this side of it as well. You see, I thought the situation was that, say, for example, you want to invite some children from the class. Do you not just bring like, is it not like kind of at the teacher's discretion? So say you give the envelopes to the teacher. She pops them in the bag of the children. Is that not what they do anymore? I don't know. Uh, If you only wanted to bring your child's friends, maybe post invites instead of doing it inside or outside the school. No one will be any the wiser. Yes, I see that. But also, I don't know all their addresses. That's another thing. See, this is, um, you know, I'm going to be in 
this scenario now very soon and I'm you know there's, I, I definitely don't want the whole class arriving the cost will be crazy for me so you know I'm kind of saying five from his class and five kind of outside the class that's kind of what we're, we're aiming for ten children in, in total plus you know he that my child does not need twenty something presents arriving in on top of him as well this is the other thing keep those coming in to me what do you make of this you know is this the right way to kind of go all or none should it be at the teacher's discretion are the teachers fed up with this you know scenario as well happening 086 658 now we're moving to, to our next item and you might have heard there from our last ad break that the Special Olympics Collection Day is happening tomorrow and this is a massive fundraiser for the organisation happening nationwide. As we know, the last two years they haven't been able to go out on the streets to collect so this year it's even more important than ever to support them. I'm going to be chatting to Mary Donoghue. She's from Navin Art Club and also one of their members, John Butler, who does a number, he plays a number of the sports there with Navin Art Club. I'm going to catch a word with them about about the club and about the importance of the Special Olympics Collection Day. We'll chat to them after these. 11 to 1. It is a wonderful organisation doing great work for people around this country. Special Olympics Ireland, their annual collection day is happening tomorrow in towns and cities throughout the country and it's the biggest annual fundraising event in aid of Special Olympics Ireland. Hugely important to the organisation. So to help make this a success, organisers are asking people to volunteer to help collect on the day or donate what they can and help ensure Special Olympics Ireland can continue their programme of sport for athletes all over Ireland. Joining me now to tell us more is Mary Donoghue. She's from Navin Arch Club. Who all, they're a social club and they host all these athletes. And also Jack Butler, who's one of the members of the club. How are you both doing today? I'm very good. Very well, Sinead. Thanks for having us. Good, good. And I can hear John there in the background. John, we're going to come to you in a second, but I'm going to chat to Mary first of all. Uh, tell us a little bit about Navin Arch Club, uh, Mary. I mentioned there it's a social club uh, on the go a good while now. And you're, you, you meet on a Thursday, is that right? We meet, well, a Thursday uh, it's supposed to be, but we also do other sports. On Monday we do bocce, Tuesday bowling, Wednesday floorball, Thursday is our social night, and, sa- and Sunday is basketball and table tennis up in Claremont Stadium. So we're a busy club. We have over 120 members and we're very active and we're just delighted to be back uh, face-to-face activities. We've been doing a lot on Zoom over the last two years like everybody else, but there, nothing can compare to being uh, together again, so we're really happy. Uh, yeah, and judging from your, your Facebook page, you're extremely active, absolutely. So are, are they all preparing now for the next uh, Special Olympics Games or what's the situation or is it just about enjoying the sport? Well, it's both. Um, it's uh, The World Games are happening next year in Berlin. So there's lots of advancement competitions going on this year, getting uh, to qualify for the Games next year. We've had two already. We've bocce and table tennis, which uh, lots of our athletes have taken part in and done really well coming home with lots of medals, as, as always. Um, a great excitement at our club. So um, we're hopeful that we may, we may, we may advance to the World Games but that's not the be all and end all yes. it's every day it's just being together uh, training 
uh, getting exercising, getting fit. And the, the three F's, as they say, we have fun, friendship and fitness. It's just a fantastic club and great place to be. I love that. I love that. The three the three F's. I'm going to bring John in here and come back to you in a second, Mary. John, I'm so delighted to chat to you on the show. Thanks a million for joining me. It's great to be here. I'm delighted to have you. Tell us a little bit about the club. How long have you been uh, involved with them? Oh, about six years. Six years at this stage. And I understand you play quite a few sports there, don't you? Yes, I, uh, yes, I do. I play basketball, football and athletics. Wow. Okay, so you've got three different sports on the go. Do you have a particular favourite sport that you love? Mm, well, I, I think I think it's basketball. Because yeah? Yeah, it's basketball. Because um, we we, we're trying very hard to shoot the hoop into the basket, but it's not, it's not always easy with it. Do what we can. It's not easy, John. I'm hopeless at that. Hopeless at getting it into the basket. I'd be re- not not very much an asset to your team. So you love the basketball. That's the that's the best one that you like to play. And are you hopeful that you might compete in the games? Is that your overall goal, or are you just happy to kind of keep improving with the sport? Um, keep, I'm keep improving with the sport. Keep it as it going. And and have you many friends there, John, in the club? Oh yes, I do. We have lots of friends. Lots of different friends, and I know you guys do lots of different socialatings as well. I know you did lots of things over the Easter, that kind of thing as well. So, what what's the best thing for you about being involved in the club? Well, it's the best thing about being involved is getting to getting together and all the parts and get and do our bit and doing taking sports, doing all kinds of sports and have fun and go different do different activities with it. Oh, John, absolutely. It's it's so important. And I know you've been missing it over the past two years and everything moved online. Mary, you can hear in John's voice there. I mean, he's what an asset he is to the club, you know, playing three different sports. You can hear the passion that he has for it. Absolutely. And John is a great athlete and uh, he, he underestimates himself with getting the, the ball into the hoop. He, he, he couldn't do it. No bother to him. Um, he's, he's, as I said, he's a great, a great asset to our club and a great... Um, John is also in the Athlete Leadership Programme. Wow. Which, uh, encourage, encourages athletes um, to volunteer and um, do uh, presentations and make speeches, which he did at our AGM there on Tuesday. He got up and stood in front of the whole uh, the whole room and gave a great presentation on what we've done over the last two years. Um, so he's he's a great ambassador for our club, as as is um, all our athletes and uh, and members. So not, I'm very not, proud not of them easy, all. Not an easy thing to do, Mary. Absolutely not. So you know it has no. been tough on the club and the athletes, as you mentioned there. You know things being shut down for the two years. Also the fundraising opportunities. So that's why tomorrow the Special Olympics Collection Day is so so vital for clubs like yourselves it's so it's so important it's it just we need it to as I said to keep all these um, the activities and, and uh, sports going uh, during our target is uh, 350,000 uh, for this is all of Ireland to yeah. raise last last year they raised over 200,000 which was really incredible considering that we were all in lockdown but that was done by virtual um, coffee mornings or, or quizzes so this this 
year we're hoping that people will uh, take a bucket and shake it if you can if you have an hour or so free tomorrow we'll be around the country anywhere in your area or if you can't do that we're, you know, we'd be delighted if you could just donate throw a few bob into the bucket um, there's other ways you can ha- have a host a coffee morning yourself or donate online via Revolut app um, so th- there's plenty of ways to help and donate or, or give your time if you can Absolutely and you know I, I only was standing on a street corner last week shaking a bucket myself so I know how important it is for, for causes like this so how can people volunteer do they just go down to yourselves or how do, do people sign up? Um, it, to volunteer, if it, I know in our area we have we, two, we have two coordinators in our club. Um, so if you, if you if they want to, if they're if you're in the Mead area, if you want to email us, I'll give you our email address, yep. which is navanarchclub at gmail dot com. Perfect. Um, yep. If you send us your details, we'll get get in touch with you and we could uh, hopefully fit you in for uh, um, an hour or two. Also, uh, this is a cry out for volunteers. uh, Yes. continue uh, not just for shaking a bucket but for also uh, coming to our, um, our training sessions or our competitions and that we'd be delighted if you if you have a few hours I tell you once you get bitten by the bug you'll never look back um, it's a fantastic the best place to be as I used to say on a Thursday but now I say best place to be on a Monday Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> you've got stuff going every day absolutely you don't have to come to the mall you don't have to come to the mall <laughs> no I understand and you know when you when you when you hear people like John and how well he's doing in the club, it makes it all the worthwhile. It really well, does. Yeah. Mary and John, I, I thank you so so much for joining me on the show to tell us all about your wonderful club. Uh, I've no doubt that this collection day will be a success tomorrow. Thank you so so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us and thank you. Well done, John. Thank you. Thanks a million. John Butler there and Mary Donoghue. This is so important. Please give what you can tomorrow, the annual collection day happening all over the country and you can find all the details specialolympics.ie forward slash volunteer and if you want to get involved in Navin Arch Club uh, directly navinarchclub at gmail.com Going back to one more message about the kids party. Uh, This is coming in on 086 1-800-658 from Gregory McDonough he says better still have the kids party in the classroom job done did this for my son's 11th birthday well now that's a good idea but can that happen would schools allow that is there insurance scenarios going on there I like what you're thinking though Gregory thank you so much for that and thank you as always to everybody who contributed and to you all for your company and contribution to the show have a great day we'll chat to you tomorrow 11 to 1 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.